Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Midnight Crockpot. It is July 27th, 2020. I am Wild Smile, and with me I have my respected co-host, Davey Crocco. Davey, how are you doing this fine evening? Very, very, very respected, sir. Thank you. Very how are respected. you? I'm doing good. For a second there, I thought the Discord Hello, ninjas everybody. got you. What is up, chat? Ah, oh, doing pretty good. It's been a crazy oh, weekend. Keeping myself fucking busy. We're tinkering on things here and there. I think I think we're coming through fluidly finally. The audio shit should be worked out. Uh, but we'll just fucking fix this thing on the fly as usual. Uh, but anyway, uh, how, how's the weekend treating you? We've done a different audio setup every week, right? We've done we a have. different audio setup every week. We've tried something different just to make sure it comes in crisp and clear for everybody. Uh, but I'm pretty fucking uh, stoked for this show tonight, man. Yeah, we have a, a lovely assortment of topics. Uh, well, I know chat here will love this first story. So right out of the gate, we have uh, Prince Andrew's Pizza. Prince Andrew decided to deliver some pizza to some uh, some trafficking victims. Uh, very kind-hearted thing to do. And we'll also take a, a look at Twitter's new policy to allow discussion of... Uh, childlike I, I don't even want to get into it we'll leave it as a nice little surprise keep you guys in suspense we also have the story of prosecutors or a prosecutor's office caught tampering evidence uh in relation to the mcclowski case and then we have uh, what i have in the notes labeled as fun time in austin texas uh a bit of a fun time and we'll take a look at that and aoc versus yoho uh, she just goes full AOC, so we'll take a look at the clip featuring her and discuss some of the you know hot takes you typically see from conservatives that are weighing in on hot AOC drama. And then we also have uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci, excuse me, Emperor, God Emperor Fauci, leader of all that is true, uh, throwing the first pitch at an MLB game and shamelessly removing his mask, removing his mask. We'll take a look at that and uh, a few other things as well as the great American pastime finally gets on both knees and uh, kneels right on the American flag and everything we hold near and dear to our hearts. And at the end of the first half, we'll briefly talk about the UFO Pentagon reveal, which was about as pitiful as you would imagine. And in in the second half, we've got a uh, Seattle police chief telling everyone, you're on your own. Don't even bother calling us, folks. You know, call your local representatives instead. So that's going to be a fun one. It, it's very, it's very uh, reminiscent of, I mean, the actual phone call we listened to on a few episodes back of the woman calling and them telling them that. Mm-hmm. So now they put it in note form for everybody, just just in case you didn't get the memo. Here's an actual memo telling you basically to fuck off. Yeah, it's official now. The police are not there to help you. They didn't even need that groundbreaking case with the Supreme Court. Now officially, the Seattle <laughs> message is do not fucking call us. It reminds me of uh, movies where they would have like a new person like coming into work or something. And they'd be like, hey, you need anything, anything at all? Don't fucking ask me, okay? F- ask somebody else. I forget what that was from. Oh, it was Trailer Park Boys. Right, when he's... Yeah, anyway, I-, I digress. So we'll take a look at that. Yes. Uh... MAGA contract uh, a contact tracing app that uh, was originally mm-hmm. utilized for uh, people involved in the Make America Great Again community. So we'll talk a it's, little bit about weird that. How they, it's weird how they do that, right? They, they set up this app for a bunch of MAGA fans and then just out of nowhere, we're going to turn it into a, a contact tracing app. That just... So just a beautiful swindling of the big tech giants. It reminds me of a thing called Candid. Are you familiar with Candid at all? Uh, I, I watched a video with Medicare and Mundane Matt a long time ago. Oh, man. Uh, Candid, Candid, Candid was an app uh, pushed by a group called the Skeptics. 
mm-hmm. if I if I'm correct. You are. Uh and they pushed it as a fun platform that a they were all getting paid app. to shill. A free speech app that yeah. they all were shilling for because they were getting paid for. And then did it mine all their data or what was the problem at the end? So from what I understand, and I might have a few details off, but from my understanding is that the app was used to train a computer AI that they later sold to uh, like Twitter and Facebook in order to implement Mm. censorship. So it was a free speech app so that they could teach an AI what free speech people typically share and then use that to uh, track them down on a different platform or different platforms rather so the very people like this was like a this was like a time when like people like shoe on head were things some black guy exactly chris chris like the chris ray guns of the world back when they were all making you know probably probably a mill you know they probably made a nice mill on youtube during that nice last time of youtube actually uh being able to make money through the platform Mm -hmm. uh just Right in that centrist Trump train kind of deal of the anti SJW movement. Yep. So and this... uh, they all got caught up. They all got caught up in one app that took it all down. Mm-hmm. Plus, so... being skeptics and really, really gay. Yeah, well, they were very skeptical about the whole thing, except for possibly the credibility of said speech free speech app. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it, I'm getting just visions, flashbacks of Candid every time I hear about, you know, Parler or, or Gab or any of these uh, platforms that are geared to cater to a specific audience. Because if they're not supposed to appeal to everybody, there's something a little off about it, in my personal opinion. Agreed. So the end after that, that that would be close to the end of the show, and we'll end out on uh, on Portland. Some stuff going down in Portland again. Uh, we can just assume that Portland's always up in flames, more or less. But uh, a bit of a boogaloo, so to speak. Well, not really much of a boogaloo, but uh, stuff going down in we, Portland. It, it's it's a very fun show, and then it might take a turn for some doom and gloom at the end. Yeah, uh, you know, I had a funny comment, but I'll let that one. I'll let that one wait out in the fucking air in the ether and so uh with that let me i'll save it for later save it for the ring so it's around there we go and we'll bring up our first link here prince andrew's pizza what a, what a guy you know all the all the fucking riches of I the mean, world he loves I mean, he just loves himself some pizza yeah well the the windsor family uh or lineage rather uh they will put their name next to pizza at, at every given opportunity uh, let me update the title here. This was one of the funny. When I saw this story, I thought it was Babylon B, the Onion. Like I really thought when this popped up, I'm like, oh, this is like a funny. Of course, this is a joke. And as I'm reading it and seeing that it's serious, I, I go, this is when I can't trust that reality is real anymore. Like it's just so obvious. It's so blatant in your face. I like the uh, the scroll at the top of the topic there yeah, That's a yeah. very nice touch the little things we are here getting there. professional we're getting oh, there. this is beautiful man this is beautiful thank you thank you I, I i spent more time putting together the overlay and fine-tuning things than i did researching <laughs> shit to be quite honest with you but uh, i do think it's it's coming together pretty decently uh but yeah so i also have uh a, a, the next few overlays set up too so i've been kind of preparing for a little bit later down the line but yeah, uh, Prince Andrew donated pizza to human trafficking victims amid his own allegations. <laughs> and I love the picture it has here of him with the pizza right next to his face. 
Prince Andrew, who is currently under suspicion of being involved with Jeffrey Epstein, sent pizza and other food and other food to human trafficking victims. I wonder if it was just a bunch of chicken and hot dogs. Uh, Prince Andrew, <laughs> go ahead. It's just it's just so absurd. Yeah. Number one, the the writer's name is John Vibes. Probably not his real name. Don't like that. Oh my god, but it is. Yeah. Th- 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 this is a story that has been reported in other outlets, and and this this isn't a joke website. This is real. Uh, when we get into the information, you'll see like this was through an actual organization. Um, and this to me is like them throwing it right in your face. And this doesn't matter whether you believe in. Uh, the full extent of uh, PG or anything like that. This isn't really about that. It's just everybody knows that story. So if you're involved in being suspected of being on Epstein's Island, when we know that, not suspected, we know that you were there. You've been been accused of fucking uh, with children. You just, pizza just is off the radar for you. You don't mention it. You don't talk about it. You don't eat it. You don't. You're just. You don't know anything about it. And you especially don't eat. Be seen eating cheese pizza. I'm sorry. I, I lost my fucking train of thought here because uh, this cheap motherfucker sent them Domino's. He didn't even go send them nice pizza. Oh, he sent them fucking Domino's. This is what I mean. And what not an even a lot. That's why I'm saying like <laughs> five this of them. <laughs> this was just something he did. You fucking to, asshole. To, <laughs> You really couldn't make this shit up. Much, now, this is what I found hilarious. <laughs> that, that, now, they say the charity that he worked with is to help those trapped in sexual exploitation, supporting them to build new lives away from violence and pro- pro- uh, poverty. It, it's a Twitter account that has less followers than probably most of you guys in the chat. It has 360 followers. So why is he using this obscure Twitter page? A lot. Like, it cost him... Prince Andrew sending some pizza after you, man. Cutting out. So this is obviously something just to put on the media to fuck with people. Oh, yeah, for people like us. And I'd also like to add, if anybody... If if people don't remember, his alibi for the day that he's suspected of doing the crime that he's suspected of, uh, you know, with the underage girls, was that he was at Pizza Express. That was the alibi he gave. I couldn't have been there. I couldn't have been with that girl because I was at a birthday party at a place called Pizza Express. Hmm. So he has a not only weird sick sexual fetishes, he has some weird pizza fetishes. He likes to invoke them as his alibis. I, I just got to. Do you guys gotta, remember this? No, I, I've, I don't even remember hearing that. That's news to me. And, and I find that a very interesting, especially Express, you know, Pizza Express, bringing the pizza right to your front door. Uh, but I love this little part of the article here, I, and I've been in stitches, like, trying not to laugh about it for a minute now. Pizza party for an obscure charity that may have cost him around $100. This guy spends less <laughs> money on this shit than I do, like, when I'm throwing a party together. Like, what? Can you imagine how much he was tipping, like, uh, the alleged victims that that he was allegedly uh, getting f- sex favors from? Like, is he? do you think he's even throwing that bitch an extra 20 bucks? What a cheap motherfucker, dude. $100? Really? Dude? Um, imagine if a delivery girl had to go oh, no. bring him this pizza. I mean, the whole situation is bizarre, but like, so they had this guy that tweets out for the Royals, you know, and he, he wants to say that while no longer working Royal, Andrew has been volunteering during the pandemic alongside his ex-wife. Yeah, I'm sure that it's just very amicable. 
the couple recently sent pizza and dates and meals to an org helping with those trafficked. And then the guy also retweeted a, like a collage of images of the charity thanking Andrew <laughs> that, that included the piles of Domino's boxes. And then they just deleted that tweet. Like, okay, this is stupid. Like, I think the pictures, uh, you can just scroll down and it's on the screen. Uh, if you can uh, pull yeah. up that picture from the article, you can just see it's a guy holding literally five boxes of pizza. And then the two uh, looks like a pasta dish. <laughs> two, two dry, looks like dry mac and cheese. I don't know how, what they eat over there. They're fucking disgusting anyways. But it, and then obviously they got these royal seals and it, it sends them a package of dates. Like, okay, man. But yeah, his alibi was for uh, when he was supposed to be with the 17 year old quote. I was at home. I was with the children, and I'd taken Patrice, I, I guess that's his daughter, then age 12, to a Pizza Express in, a, in working for a party, and I suppose four or five in the afternoon, he said. So that was his uh, excuse for, I'm absolutely sure I couldn't have been home that day. No I remember way. that pizza I was party. at Pizza Express, ma'am. I, yep, I, he was at a pizza party. That's not, I wait every year to go to Pizza Express. I know for a fact I was there on that day. You're not going to convince now, me otherwise. He, now, he can't re remember taking a picture with the girl that he's obviously pictured with. Tell us what pie was all doesn't about. Doesn't recognize her, doesn't know her. Obviously, there's like three pictures of them together. You know, <laughs> that reminds the me. Video? Uh, it, I was trying to get it ready. Um, that reminds me, Bill Crystal shared out like a compilation of stuff, you know, of Epstein stuff, and he blurred out Andrew's face for his compilation. Here, I can bring that up. You know, one of these neocon anti-Trumper people. Oh, yeah, well, you can really tell what team people play for when they start censoring stuff like that. What does the president... So yeah, as you can see here, Bill Crystal, he actually photoshopped, right. blurred him out. Got to protect his uh, anonymity, his right to privacy. Yeah, and there was a Fox News story where they cropped out Ghislaine Maxwell with Trump, and they had to come back and apologize for that. In a lot of pictures, but he of wishes him with her Ghislaine well. Maxwell. Yeah, he wish he wishes her well, though. You it's know? a weird thing to wish. He wishes her somebody well. like her, honestly. Well, he wanted to signal to her uh, people who do like Gilly Maxwell that he's, you know, wink, wink, he's got her back. Anyway, uh, I have this clip here. I think chat will get this. Uh, Davey was nice enough to provide us with this. I haven't seen this clip until recently. So uh, let me go ahead and get it ready. And let's play it right now. Tell us what Pi was all about, the pedophile information exchange. Pi was an organization uh, for people who had a sexual attraction uh, to children. And we thought our illegal um, interest in children ought to be made legal if uh, it concerned relations with uh, young people who were consenting to a relationship, if they were willingly involved. Tom O'Carroll is a self-confessed, unrepentant pedophile and one of the founding members of the Pedophile Information Exchange. He now shies away from advocating the age of four, too easily misunderstood, he says. Uh, the age of four came into it insofar as children by that age are normally verbal and can normally say whether they are uh, liking a particular kind of activity or not. You believe and advocate that it should be okay for an adult 
to have consenting sexual relations with a child aged 10, so long as it doesn't involve penetrative sex? Well, the emphasis here is on, the, on consenting, the willing, free, um, uncoerced um, involvement of the child, yes. Can I ask you this, though? Do you believe still that the majority of children at the age of 10 can communicate their consent to a sexual act? Yes, I do, yes. Um, so, so I, I, I don't see that that is a problem, communicating their consent. What constitutes consent? The willing involvement of a child. It's really quite simple. But how does one judge that? That is a matter, of, as it is with adult consent, for the people involved. Tom O'Carroll's self- All right, so I think that's probably enough of the clip. That is yeah. pie. I've never yeah, heard of pie. Yeah, so let me, uh, let me just... Uh, because this will kind of go right into the Twitter story, but this was kind of a campaign that went on in the 70s and 80s. And just like today, how they try to normalize this stuff, they piggyback off of the LBGT community. So just as today, um, how uh, are we just saying pedophiles at this point? Are we just using it? So they rebrand themselves as maps, minor attracted a person. Yeah. So people that, you know, like the young ones, uh, they they rebrand themselves as minor attracted persons. And it's a a whole propaganda drive that they run to say, oh, well, we're not going to offend. We're just very attracted to these young people. Uh, You remember years ago, the Salon article of the the uh, the noble pedophile that doesn't uh, actually touch people. Mm -hmm. But. So, so this group was around and, and I mean, just so disgusting. Some of the stuff that these guys do and, and they piggyback off of this movement. And so it was it, it. This wasn't like an obscure group, guys. Like these people were connected uh, with the major LBGT, LGBTQ, whatever they want to be called uh, during the 70s and 80s. They, they, they uh, globbed on to this liberation movement and they pushed for these pro child abuse policies and they wanted to lower the age of consent to four. Now, it was disbanded in 84. Finally, uh, that guy that we heard talk was arrested multiple times. I mean, but this motherfucker at one time said and they, the video is up somewhere. I couldn't find it. But he argued that a sexual relationship between an adult and a child is as natural as a mother's relationship with her baby. So this is how sick these people are. Yeah, really trying to normalize that shit too. And it's been an ongoing thing. I remember a Teen Vogue article, we laughed about them last week with their Black Power Naps article, but they did a whole how-to guide instructing like underage people, and it's Teen Vogue, right? Instructing underage people how to have anal sex. It's step-by-step pretty much. You know, it's clear to anybody well, who's been watching what's their fucking doing. Califor- yes. you're, sorry, sorry. You're, you're in California, so you know firsthand that this shit is being pushed in your state first and foremost, and basically the template for the rest of the country to push it uh, through their uh, school's health education systems mm-hmm. by constantly lowering the age of when they're teaching kids about sex and, like, real graphic that they do not need to know. Yeah. Uh, uh, at all. It's... Uh, it's pushed here, this but there's a, a lot of conversation. Pushback. There is a lot of pushback, and that's and that it's good to see. But the fact that you're seeing uh, legislation being put into curriculums uh, is uh, it's really it's really hurtful to see, man. And, and and when you talk about the ages, when you're talking about four and five, you're the, 
there's no conversations that ever need to be had of any sexual nature with anybody of that age. It's it. I know there's a lot of bad parenting situations, but this is for the parents or the family or the carers of the children to decide at what age to speak to them about this. It's it's not for a a government school. It's not for a public school to to be bringing these topics up to a wide group of children while also pushing the LBGTQ and a, a pedo agenda alongside with it. So I think everybody here agrees. I don't think we really have to beat the hammers too much on it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on the same page, but we need to let you guys know what's going on. This isn't this new push of maps and no non-maps or whatever they want to call them. These are just like acronyms because people will never look into them. It's just a rebranding. It's a way mm-hmm. to propagandize it. It's a new way to call a pedo something else. Yeah, and the average person, if you bring up the whole uh, maps victimhood bullshit, and then you you say what a map is and you spell it out, they're immediately going to go, "Oh no, fuck those people." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no one's no one's exactly. actually buying this exactly. shit. But uh, nevertheless, like I've said before, I don't really believe that we have any say in this at all. They just do what they want and they push their shit on us and we really are pretty much powerless against it. I mean, unless you want to put your kids in homeschool, which I would encourage, by the way, uh, just because of I've seen firsthand the type of shit they're pushing on people. It's not not good. It's poisonous mentality. They're teaching children at a young age to fixate on details they cannot change about themselves. And it's the entire reason why, you know, when we were younger, they taught us the exact opposite. Like when we were growing up, uh, it was, you don't need to change anything about yourself. You just need to be proud of who you are and, and the person you've become. And now it's, well, you should be ashamed of what you are. Like they flipped it around just a little bit and they, they'll have children who don't even understand the history of the country or even the idea of racism being accused of being racist and, and then ruining their lives before they can even fucking go, get a job, you know? Anyway. Well, it's in. Sorry, God. It's, it's, all sub, it's all subconscious, right? You don't even know you're racist. It's just in there. I didn't realize I hated anybody until to somebody on Twitter told me. Exactly. So, yeah, but this, this is, is actual Twitter policies. Yeah, on Twitter, you're not allowed to insult somebody. Like, say you insult Carlos Maza from Vox or, you know, an associate of his likely. Uh, well, I shouldn't say an associate of his, but as far as I, I'm concerned, they're, they're, what do you call it? Feathers of a similar flock. But uh, Carlos Maza or Steven Crowder, eventually it's, you will uh, be accused of. Birds, birds of a feather. Birds, birds of, of a feather, feather flock yeah. together. Yeah, I know I fucked up. I butchered the shit out of that saying. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that they. Gotcha. Are I gotcha back brother yeah they're basically the same though vox or carlos maza and crowder in two in two years time if that long even there will be people trying to defend his honor on fucking twitter uh using you know uh what do you, what do you call it like the toss terms of service it's just it's gross their gay slap fight they're both homosexuals who had a slap fight out on youtube this is the reason why youtube is what it is right now it is all the that way down thing to changed so many terms of service. It's sub counts. The, uh, the it turned criticism into bowling and harassment. And, and, Crowd, and Crowder gets this pass as if he wasn't 50% of the whole thing. Yeah, Carlos Maza was the guy that snitched and did this whole thing. But Crowder played into it. Mm-hmm. And Crowder's channel is fine. Nothing happened. He's good. But everyone else's channel got affected. And Maza's on YouTube now. And I actually saw a video the other day. They did a Patreon video for him. 
like Patreon has a YouTube page and they did a Carlos Maza like special piece like highlighting his YouTube channel. Not only is he it, not a good just, journalist, he's not a good person. Like he doesn't deserve what any sort of promotion is, especially from fucking Patreon. He's he's gone on he's, to harass creators as far as I'm concerned. If if you can cons- uh, consider Crowder another YouTube creator, you know, he he essentially fucked all of us in his gay op in his pursuit against uh Steven Crowder, who ended up only having to change one piece of merchandise by the way. The rest of us got fucked, but but Crowder, you know, he gets this this puff piece he, yeah, on so, Patreon that's so, fucking ridiculous. He did, Crowder did the whole thing of we're doing the lawsuits, guys. We need to really barrel down the hatchet, send in money. We, we need all the all, all hands on deck. But quietly, like you said, he just needed to take the link that said socialism is for figs out of his description of his video and no effect to his channel. And he took it out, obviously, quietly, never said a word about it channel's fine uh views aren't affected subs aren't affected um but he was wearing a dress when he did it so you know exactly yeah because let's let's not let's not do this we're we're descending into we can go to to i will i will uh i will start getting upset and i want to save that for when we're actually talking about portland not crowder uh he's a terrible human being uh he's a canadian psychopath uh that has an unloaded weapon on his table at all times. That's good to know. That's good, to, especially knowing how what what the uh, percentage rate of survival. Never, never mind. But that, that's another. We'll we'll dive too deep into that one. Let's go into the McCloskey shit. <laughs> I, I forget the exact statistic, but you know, people, guys that typically wear dresses. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I have a pre. We'll jump forward. That's neither here nor there. Let's move on. The McCloskeys. The I don't McCloskeys. know where you're going. I, I was going to call him a tranny just... and say that a tranny shouldn't have a loaded weapon. That was where I was going with that. Okay. Well, he doesn't load it. It's it's an unloaded uh, Walther that he keeps on the desk. Oh. Uh, that guy's the worst. He is just the worst. Now Tim Pool's like coming out saying that he's an avid gun owner because he went on Crowder. It's just all getting so gay. He's Alex Jones light. Oh. <laughs> All right. So St. Louis so, Prosecutor's yeah, this, Office. This crazy story. Yeah. No, I, I knew that they had it out for these people, but this is going the extra mile. This is going above and beyond, uh, literally framing them. St. Louis Prosecutor's Office caught tampering with evidence in the McCloskey case. Somebody going to jail and it's not the McCloskey. Uh, so according to a local news station, KSDK5, the gun... Patricia McCloskey waved at protesters was inoperable when it arrived at the St. Louis Police Crime Lab, but a member of the circuit attorney Kim Gardner's staff ordered Crime Lab experts to dissemble and reassemble it and wrote that it was readily capable of lethal use in in charging documents filed on Monday. So apparently the firing pin was not in the uh, gun, but they fixed it for her. When it was entered in as evidence, they added the uh the firing pin to make it appear as though it would not even appear as though they would make it seem that she was loading a functional weapon at the protesters the peaceful demonstrators but uh as it turns out her gun was not functional at all so here it is chat proof if you ever needed it that your yeah this your right to a case free from and the beginning fair trial is completely it, all you need is to be framed as a bad person in the media for them to run their little op on you. And the next thing you know, your rights are horseshit. You don't even have rights. They're going to frame you because God forbid they ran a thing about you on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and ABC. 
I mean, this whole case from the beginning of how it went down of them breaking through the gate on the property, yelling obscenities, saying they're going to kill the dogs. The whole scene was obviously absurd and crazy. But then they came out and they bent the knee. We all remember. Mm -hmm. Remember, they came out and put out a statement. Oh, we, we weren't scared of the black protesters. So they went that whole mile that they support Black Lives Matter. That's never going to work for you. You never need to apologize. It's only going to make things worse. They end up raiding their house, uh, taking the uh, the man's, what did he have? Some, you know, whatever it was. I think they called it an AR, but I don't know exactly what gun he had. Um, and they take her gun. And in Missouri, their law requires that the, the police and the prosecutors, they have to prove that a weapon is readily capable of lethal use when it's used in the crime that they're being that they were going to be charged with. Uh, but that obvious, obviously that gun was not ready to be uh, capable of lethal use because it couldn't work. But like you said, they're very nice people and they go, oh, no, no, we'll put the firing pin in there for you so we can make it look like it was going to work. I mean, this is corruption at its worst. And yeah. how do you think you're not going to get caught when the government or excuse me, when the gun was already put into evidence is not working like this is I mean, it's not only corruption, but it's incompetence. That too. Yeah, I, I just can't help but wonder if they didn't like, bend you, the knee really to block. They tried to pull up. Sorry, go ahead. It, it's, uh, it, I was saying it's just incompetence of the highest order, but, but also there's many times they get away with stuff like this. Oh, you yeah. Know, someone just caught, caught this and, and, and exposed it, but they're doing this to people all the time to send them away. Not exactly like this, where there wasn't a firing pin or whatever, but, you know, they're manipulating evidence to put people in jail, especially mm -hmm. in a situation where it's against the peaceful protesters. Because they have practical immunity. Well, not even practical immunity. They burnt down Minneapolis and then got the police to bend the knee in front of them the following day. If they didn't bend the knee to Black Lives Matter, if they didn't come out and disavow, uh, you know, all the things everyone's expected to disavow, would this have been discovered? Would the person who have discovered this just gone, oh, but they're racist? though so throw the rights out the out the fucking window like maybe in the long run it, it did help them to bend them because i can't i can't help but wonder how worse it could have gone if the media wasn't able to plant white supremacists defend or wave guns at peaceful demonstrators like if they had that headline these guys would be sitting there with 419 years in prison maybe not exactly 419 but i think some people might get the reference i mean they went on tucker carlson after uh, i mean they, it was just a very weird because they tried to make it this big political thing, but no one could really tell. They bent the knee for Black Lives Matter, but the only stations they were going on were uh, Fox News. So it was just this very weird thing. And I, I think once they did the Tucker interview with their lawyer and tried to explain the situation, they really should have just stayed quiet the whole time. Yeah. It should have just been simply uh, through their lawyers. This was a defense of our house. If this didn't get so public and they're putting out statements of how they're helping black people in the community, no one cares. The video and how it was manipulated through the media of how they portrayed it to everybody is what the narrative is going to be. So once it was out, you're not going to fight back against that. And, and, and apologizing is only making it worse. And uh, to the point where their own police department tried to fuck them over. It's, Insane. It, it's fucking Insane. nuts. It's fucking nutty. I, uh, yeah, I can't really think of much more to say about this particular story, although, uh, 
it reminds me of Nick Sandman, right? We didn't hear a whole lot from Nick Sandman. I think he did like maybe one or two interviews after the uh, incident of him standing there. It was like a real life part, uh, South Park episode where this Native American man just bangs a drum in front of his face and he stands there not sure what to do and it was just, I swear, this is something that would happen in South Park. Like some kid just standing there, someone bangs a drum next to their face cuts away to the news, white supremacist fucking kid smirks with animosity, you know it like, but the point being is he got his fat settlement recently and I bet you it probably would have been as easy for him if he came out with statements every five minutes reminding everybody that he wasn't racist he just shut the fuck up and let the lawsuit do the work oh yeah he had very smart parents with very good lawyers <laughs> i hear they're really good dancers too in fact immediately went to uh we're gonna file yeah exactly exactly and uh yeah i mean i forgot the amount of money uh they ended up getting but it was a fucking chunk yeah this kid's set for life he doesn't have to do shit ever again the top paid employee at the washington post but uh yeah from here so we've got 20 minutes left uh should we jump into the fauci story or should we go for the austin texas uh let's do austin texas man all right austin i am completely unfamiliar with this story so you'll have to uh take the reins i'll uh go ahead and get the clips ready and get the title change going. So uh, what's going on in Texas? How about you give us a, uh, a brief summary? All right. So from what I know, because the whole thing is, is kind of bizarre, but they're saying they're shooting in downtown Austin amid another uh, obvious peaceful protest. Damn, lots of protests. They say he may have been carrying a rifle. It's obvious he's carrying a rifle. So the victim that got shot is carrying a rifle. He... Uh, he talks in an interview about Antifa members, and that's why he started uh, carrying. Uh, but Austin, Texas, uh, a shooting left a protester against, quote, police brutality in a demonstration dead Saturday night in downtown Austin. In a brief news conference just after midnight on Sunday, a police spokesperson said officers already were downtown monitoring protests. I guess that's like how Trump uh, monitors social media censorship. But when the shooting <laughs> occurred, just before 10 p.m., uh, police learned the adult male shooting victim may have been carrying a rifle. He was. Uh, you'll have the video of him literally talking about his rifle. Uh, they say he approached a vehicle, prompting the vehicle's occupant to fire his own weapon. The suspect was t- detained, cooperated with the police, uh, and was subsequently released. Uh, and that's the story they have. But uh, there, there's videos of the shooting. There's multiple angles. Uh and, and like we're trying to decipher, did this shooting come from, from the car? Did this come from another angle? It's, uh, it's a very weird one. Yeah, I uh, I've heard about the story, but that's just about it. So I have the uh, interview. No, 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 no. Sorry, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Johnny Arcade who who did the clips. I mean, he he did like a side by side clip. He did the full clip, slowed it down. So just big shout out to him, and I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll link in his uh, link his uh, channel link here for everybody. Yeah, uh, better it. news coverage on his channel than a lot yeah, of other places. Honestly, uh, there was a wild yeah, and where, uh, yeah. yeah I say we go. Yeah, I was gonna say go with the uh, interview of the guy first because uh, you'll see these articles where they're saying I don't know, man, this guy might have had a weapon on him. Well, uh, like, I dude, guess we'll see. He's the, the interview. The interview is him talking about his weapon that's around his chest. But he might have been armed. I guess. I guess we're gonna he see in the video ha- here. 
AK-47. Uh, what you got it out tonight? They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so got to practice some some of our rights. Cool, man. Do you feel like you're, you don't need to use it? Nah, I think the, uh, I mean, if I use it against the cops, I'm dead. And I think all the people that hate us and, you know, want to say shit to us are too big of uh, pussies to stop and actually do anything about it. So. Why'd you start carrying? Well, our roommate got arrested and they stopped letting us march anywhere, so started carrying. <laughs> I like that clip just because it, it's so foreboding, you know, like the part where he's like, yeah, well, you know, the people that hate us, they won't say shit to our faces, you know, oh man, I, that's practically like saying, what are you going to do, shoot me? That's your, that's his last words. Yeah, whew. <laughs> Karma acts really fucking fast these man, days. Yikes, dude. Now, I just want to also add, he was he, he was at this rally with his uh, African-American paraplegic girlfriend. Oh, damn. That's like four checks on the fucking minority. Like, good job, that. buddy. I mean, it sucks that he's dead now, but I mean, he can you imagine? <laughs> he would have had like, a job. All- yeah, he would have had a fucking job at CNN waiting for him. She is going to have no one to help her right now. I don't even know how she got home. Someone in the chat said she has no arms or no legs. <laughs> how do you even... How do you even end up like I, I look? <laughs> love is complicated, right? But how do you even end up scoring that? Hey, like, hey, hey, can we even judge anymore? We just listened to a guy talk about four-year-olds. At least this guy's with a a, a human adult. That's all we can yeah. ask. The bar is pretty low these days, isn't it? <laughs> Holy fuck! You find it. You find it where you can get it, I guess. Jesus. All right, so I'll go ahead and play this uh, this clip. This is on Johnny Arcade's channel. Uh, Austin shooting uh, multiple angles synced. But I didn't hit, no one was chanting Black Lives Matter, so, I mean, do Black Lives really matter? If somebody says Black Lives Matter, no no one's there to hear it. Did they really say Black Lives Matter? All right, I got another, uh, another clip here. It should be from the same event. About 10 seconds long, it's a short one. Another is it or behind the car? Yeah, I didn't see muzzle flash, but I was looking. No, there's yeah. three shots. Uh, there, I've seen images that were put into my Discord of uh, you can see the muzzle flashes, and it, it really looks like it's coming from uh, uh, Johnny saying the chat dead center. That's hard to see. It's a, it's a, it's quick clips, but and he does have I it mean, slowed down to 240p. My issue, I'm just blind as fuck, honestly. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it is when you slow it down, but. Again, they say they talked to the driver and just released it. So that almost tells me, even if they were saying, okay, this guy came up with his gun, which he didn't seem like he would come up to a car with it. It didn't seem like he was there ready to just, just to start popping off. They asked him in an interview, are you going to use your gun? And he says, you know, no, like that just, you know, I just like to carry it. Um, 
I, I don't see him going up to that vehicle and pointing the gun at somebody and then that guy just actually being armed and then shooting him and then the police saying, okay, yeah, well, that guy cooperated and we released him. There, there would be a lot more questions to be answered in that situation. So to me, it's like they don't know. They don't know or they do know and they're just letting it go like everything else and having the chaos uh, just because you're seeing these in everything from Chaz Chop where all these shootings happened and they don't know who did it. It's just they're just letting the chaos run free. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little bit of irony, too, because whenever there's a right wing gathering and the people have guns and there's a shooting of some sort, even if the person didn't aim their gun or anything, if they just had it on them, you'll see the the social justice uh, mob, lynch mob on Twitter. They'll go full. Oh, well, he had a gun, so he was intimidating people. He was harassing people. But now that it's one of their people, he's a martyr. It, you know, like I know sounding the horn about everyone being a hypocrite and holding themselves to a separate. Uh, separate set of standards and that they hold themselves to i mean that's not news to anybody but it is a little ironic it's a little rich now that you'll see uh this guy is a martyr instead of a criminal like he would have been branded if he was one of those wrong things yeah it's i'm, I'm just really torn on this one if we have a setup situation I, I i can't trust any of these shootings that some are obviously just people showing up and they're gonna pop off you're seeing so many guns being fired in the crowds. Uh, every day it's a new story of, oh, well, the, they were blocking the cars on this street. You know, so it's either they smash the windows on the cars. These people feel like they have to defend themselves or it's a psyop situation or it's an actual self-defense. I mean, there's so many different layers to every single one. But it seems like in every one they end the story with, we don't know. Just to keep the people a, a little just, bit confused. But that's just not how policing has been in our country for years. So you're seeing it. You're, you're seeing either them being basically castrated. You're seeing them either demoralized or they know what happened and they're just being told to shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Well, with how and we'll be getting into being. that yeah, later with- on in the show. Oh, yeah, that's right. So now we're about 10 minutes away from the intermission. Should we uh, try to let's do the uh, the Fauci story real quick, real quick? At the very least, we've got to watch his fucking pitiful attempt to throw a baseball. Let me bring let me bring this up, chat. You guys are going to love anybody who likes baseball. Who, who yeah, here likes baseball? I mean, we yeah, do that. And, and then uh, I think I think that in Tucker's take, because you get the perfect explanation from Fauci of how it's okay for him oh it is you know he's not he doesn't have to worry about it you know he's immune he's already taken the vaccine I don't know that but I, I'm assuming it's gonna be some fucking bullshit like that have you seen I I, I, I posted something earlier of uh, I'll send it to you we'll, we'll just we'll get through these two and then we can play this clip right before we go out about the vaccine all right sounds good well i wanted to share just at first the image uh, with you guys this is a uh, fauci and he got this whole whole fucking game to himself you know no one else got to go to this baseball game but he <laughs> and they didn't even have to sit six feet apart not only did he not have to wear his mask but that doesn't look like six feet folks that doesn't look like six feet to me why isn't he afraid you would think that knowing all that he knows in his big galaxy brain of, of knowledge, that he would know the danger he is presenting to both his compatriots here, but also society at large. He went outside. You're not allowed to go outside. Listen, Fauci, you don't get to go outside. You don't get to go to the baseball team or baseball game. You don't get to have a haircut, okay? You fucking elitist scumbag. Oh, no, no, my bad. That's for us. Those are the rules for us. I was reading the wrong cue cards. My mistake, buddy. <laughs> 
fucking prick. No, the 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 thing next to him just says fuck it. She's not wearing it at all. Like she's got the one earpiece going, not wearing it at all. And uh, his excuse doesn't make sense at all because oh. we all saw the picture, right? Yep. He's not holding anything. There's no drink in his hand. Just let's make that clear. He's not holding a cup of water. Oh, this is beautiful. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> no, straight up chat. I don't care what a dude's diploma says, what his fucking <laughs> IQ test is. If he throws a mm. baseball like that, get him the fuck out of here, dude. The great American pastime. What is it? What are we doing with You're ourselves? There's, there's, I mean, there's a few must things you must know how to do as a man and throwing a you just throw it a couple of times just to get the rhythm back. You thought you'd think he would have fucking done a couple of practice throws or something, but it does remind <laughs> me of Smithers. Uh, he, he reminds me of Smithers for a lot of reasons, but it's just it's uncanny. That's that's oh, that that was Smithers, and here's yeah, Faust. Yeah, someone made the comparison. Someone made the comparison. The Fifty Cent. Yeah. Uh, how so? Did Fifty Cent throw a bad fucking pitch as well? Uh, do, I mean. Most the whole thing is weird because they usually don't have the batters there for the pitch. Right, right. Yeah, that is strange. Like, and you're and you're pushing this social distancing thing. So, like, why just add in the extra people anyway? Bump the batter. Like, they they. It's just a catcher usually. You know, it's usually not a strike, but it's around. It's a close enough where they can catch it, and then they just run out and give the guy the ball. That's how it goes. We've seen it a million times. So the fact that they did a whole different one and he comes out without his mask now i love i love his explanation man i really do cool yeah we'll, we'll bring that up is that on the tucker clip i wanted to share share this uh real quick though the major league baseball team they're all kneeling uh some of them are on both knees by the way both knees submitting like it's like the 1500 you'll see them there submitting on both knees with their head hung down Look, isn't that, isn't that something okay so let's bring up the tucker clip uh, here we go all right. See, I just mute the clip beforehand, and then I don't have to worry with it cutting you out. All right. So we'll bring this up. Close caption. We'll put it at 1.25 speed, and we're good. But once Dr. Fauci thought he was off camera, the mask came off literally. You want to see hypocrisy in action? Look at this. Here's Dr. Fauci sitting within six feet of other people in a mostly empty stadium without wearing his mask. He was immediately called on this, but rather than copying to it and being honest, he acted like so many people in power do and scorned anyone criticizing. Watch. I think this is sort of mischievous with this mm -hmm. thing going around. I had my mask around my chin. I had taken it down. I was totally dehydrated and I was drinking water trying to re rehydrate myself. And by the way, I was negative COVID literally the day before. So I guess people Two want to make a thing of that. I wear a mask all the time when I'm outside to pull it down, to take some sips of water and put it back up again. Uh, I guess if people want to make something about that, they can. You weren't oh, drinking water. People want to make a thing of it. People want to make a fetish of masks. People are worried that's about COVID. That's a role and salute Fauci, you fucker. <laughs> chat, press one in chat if you think this this fucking trickster is giving us a Roman salute right in front of everybody's eyes, in front of God and everybody. Look at this. Look at this shit. It's not even a good one. It, it still counts though. Yeah, I see at least one fucking one. So eat shit, you fucking overrated asshole. Uh, let's continue.
Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. You're Dr. Anthony Fauci. You're one of the reasons our economy is ground to a halt. You're one of the reasons yep. that people are as unhappy as they've ever been. Were you just four minutes ago lecturing us about how we're immoral if we don't wear masks? But when you do it, it's totally cool because you've got good excuses. You were thirsty. No, you were laughing with your friends. We bet that Dr. Fauci won't have to pay the $1,000 fine that the District of Columbia is now imposing on citizens who don't wear masks in public. Here's the mayor of Washington, air quotes around that word, Muriel Bowser, announcing the policy. Watch. I am also today uh, signing a new mayor's order on masks. Uh, and basically what it says is if you leave home, you should wear a mask. This means if you're waiting for a bus, um, you must have on a mask. If you are ordering food at a restaurant, you must have on a mask. If you're sitting in a cubicle in an open office, you must have on a mask. Until the day Joe Biden wins the presidential election, you, Mr. and Mrs. America, must wear masks. Unless, of course, you're the people who wrote the mask ordinance in D.C., the politicians, they exempted themselves. Oh, because they've suspended the rules of science because they're in power and you're not. So shut up and obey until Biden wins. That's the rule. Masks for thee, but not for me. Yep. Masks for thee, but not for me. Good to see that Tucker's still still doing it. He, has he really still. enjoyed that one. You could see it, but yeah. But he, he, he snuck in. He snuck in something about them being independent media. I'm just like, all right. Independent media, like, Fox News. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I sent you, okay, so I, I sent you two things uh, in our DMs, Ooh. and I think we can just play them out and then go to the intermission. Uh, nice Fauci picture, if you want to show it. Um, I think... <laughs> The Bill Gates, I think the Bill Gates being asked about the vaccine and just how nervous he is. And like, he's not, be, he's not even being grilled. He's just being asked about simply the, the reports of how Mark of the Beast in your body are going to be. And like, you just have to see this clip uh, of how he oh, handles man. it. It's short. It's like two minutes, but I think everybody should see this is new. Bill Gates being asked about the vaccine trials. It's it's bizarre. That up, computer kind of. And then and then we'll be second. right on. We'll be right on for uh, intermission. All right, all right. Perfect. For the playing in a second. Still waiting for the rest of the page to load. Takes a sip from his coffee, so you know you know. All right. Go watch how nervous he gets. No, I can I can tell. Or even before answering the question. All right, up and up. We're good. After the second dose, at least 80% of participants experienced a systemic side effect, ranging from severe chills to fevers. So are these vaccines safe? Well, the, uh, the FDA not being pressured will look hard at that. The FDA is the gold standard of regulators uh, and their current guidance on this, if they stick with that, is, is very, very appropriate. Uh, and you know the, it, the 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 side effects were not super severe. That is, it didn't cause permanent health problems for uh, the things there. They you know Moderna did have to go with a fairly high dose, and so uh, you know, sentence, to get the please. antibodies. Some of the other vaccines uh, are going able to go with lower doses to get uh, responses that are are pretty high, including the the J and J and the Pfizer. And so there's a lot of characteristics of these vaccines. Um, it's great that we have multiple of them. Uh, that are bill, going out there and, and yes, I you, think you know the data the better than I do. But the bill, bill, the, the data show that everybody with a high dose had a, a side effect. Yeah, but some of that is is not dramatic. Where you know it's just you know super painful. But yes, there we need to make sure there's not severe side effects. The FDA, uh, I I I think will do a good job of that, uh, despite the pressure. How many doses of the vaccine will we need? How many doses of the vaccine will we need? <laughs> just keep hey doesn't matter just take it oh man, that's beautiful it doesn't answer it gets nervous and then just throws the fda as the gold standard even though they said 80 percent of people had these horrible side effects and who do you think they're testing this shit on 
Uh, like, if I had my guess, probably somebody just, halfway around the world. Well, there's that, and uh, one of my long-held beliefs is uh, in the good state of California, the homeless population. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. A lot of them that go missing. Yeah, it, it's kind of scary how often that happens. Uh, but with that, I think that's a good uh, place to switch over to the uh, intermission. So Davey and I will be back in roughly five minutes. We're going to play something to keep you guys entertained while uh, we grab, grab ourselves a drink, uh, use the facilities if necessary. Uh, but we will return very shortly, resuming. The Great first hour. Park. Great first hour. Not bad. Eh? Dude, that was really good. Yeah, not bad. I uh, I threw that together with leftover shit, to be quite honest with you. So no, I had not seen the uh, the wild uh, Crocteria clip. Oh, I, that's right. I didn't include that on that episode. That was supposed to be in the on the episode with the uh, compound. And we like we like really uh, like we talk a lot during the week, and uh, that was a very nice surprise. We usually have like we know exactly the clips, and so like that was a nice, pleasant surprise for me. I was cracking up. I thought, I thought it uh, turned out pretty well. All right. Very nice. So to those of you in chat, uh, welcome back. We're going to get into our next topic here. The first one, uh, the C- Seattle police chief tells us you're on your own. Uh, let's go uh. ahead and bring this up so uh, folks at home can see it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to turn the stream rate down. If it cuts out at all, chat, uh, that's because of me. I, I turned down the stream rate but I might, or the bit rate, but it might not have turned it down enough. Uh, but anyway, let me bring this up. Sources. Here we go. That's the right one. Probably can't see it here, but uh, Christopher F. Rufo reports the Seattle police chief is sending out letters telling residents, quote, we cannot enforce the law. You are on your own. I'll go ahead and uh, read it for the audience here. Dear business owner and or resident, please know that <laughs> the Seattle Police Department is committed to addressing life life safety incidents. What the fuck is that? Is committed to addressing life safety incidents. Like what a bureaucrat, only a bureaucrat could craft a fucking phrase like that and calls for civ- service and responding to ongoing demonstrations and unrest in the city. Please also know that the city council ordinance 119805 crowd control tool goes into effect this weekend on Sunday, July 26th to uh, 2020. This ordinance bans this ordinance bans Seattle police officers the use of less lethal tools, including pepper spray that is commonly used to disperse crowds that have turned violent. Simply put, the legislation gives officers no ability to safely intercede to preserve property in the midst of large, violent crowds. It is, an, it is important to bring your attention to that yesterday. I sent the city council a letter ensuring them that as the chief of police, I have done my due diligence in informing them numerous times of the foreseeable impact of this ordinance in upcoming events. The letter is attached for your reference. For these reasons, Seattle police will have an adjusted deployment in response to demonstrations this weekend, as I will never ask our officers to risk their personal safety to, to protect property without the tools to do so in a safe way. In a safe way. Chief of Police Carmen Best. Yeah, that's the uh, quota hire that we watched uh, give the interviews of why ah. she just didn't understand why so many black people were being shot in her city. What's going on? What, what's happening here? I don't know. We just let them have this experimental zone for weeks that turned in the ship, but we don't know why they're killing each other. Yeah, it's just it's weird and when you give. I hate people the best the last name. I just don't like it. It always comes off as fake to me. Everything about it. It's a Carmen stage name. Best. It's a stage name. Chief. That, Chief, please. Can you imagine though? Like this sounds like the name of a stripper, Carmen Best. <laughs> That's the chief of fucking police. 
And the chief of police saying, you know, all those all those fucking dollars we take at out of your paycheck every fucking every week or every other week, all that money you pay at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year for your taxes of the previous year, um, all of that, fuck it, we're we're just not going to do our jobs. Just and this is really going to highlight something uh, that that we're going to be going into when when we talk about uh later in the show about just what's going on in all of these cities and and what you're seeing with police officers but you're really seeing the castration of local municipalities precincts whatever you want to say uh city police departments all of them are being hampered uh disarmed um you know you're getting calls for oh well you can't carry a taser no lethal weapons you can't pull your weapon out you can't even intervene uh instead of arresting people it's letting people out of jail this is gonna cause mass chaos now uh i i can tell you something about uh seattle that goes back to last year now now, seattle has had problem with their police department for years um, they made it sound like a big deal this year, uh, just with Chaz and Chop and all that. But it really started last year where they had uh, a, basically a mass exodus uh, of about 40 officers, uh, all experienced, all good officers. And they all gave exit interviews uh, of why they wanted to leave. And it's always basically like, I've had enough, you know, city council calling us murderers and saying that we're all bad officers is basically the reason uh they they feel like they're uh political punching bags uh that they're sacrificial lambs to the altar of of so-called police reform um and they said not a single officer they talk to knows what the end game is what's expected of us and if there's even a finish line for a fundamental change of the core of the department it it wasn't about pay it wasn't about they just they just demoralize these police officers so much that I mean, there's like lists and lists of uh, about 50 exit interview guys. I'll give you guys the link if you guys want to look through them. But this goes back to 2019, and you you're going to see this happen in a lot of uh, states and a lot of cities around the country where their experienced officers start leaving. And you bring in a new crop that don't have any experience, which means they don't know how to handle these altercations with people. So shootings and what they call police brutality will go up, which will mean there is going to be more protest, which means there's going to be a bigger military presence coming, more chaos on top of chaos. Yep. And when you add that in. Yeah. And that almost seems to be the point. Like they're calling for reform, but the reform is bringing in people who are less uh, less trained, uh, and it's only only going to lead to more chaos, meaning more protests, meaning more more reform, quote unquote. So it's stepping on the gas, basically. So you know, it's things. I hate to say it, but uh, things are going to get worse before they get better, and things are getting worse. So uh, yeah, pretty crazy to see all of this coming out. To see the police just come out and tell you they're not going to help you. Like, hey, look, and blame this on them, blaming the other department. You know, <laughs> that's and it's them. It's them telling the police they can't do it. This is going to be a common theme running throughout the country. Yeah, um, and and you're already seeing it with uh, if you're an older officer, you're retiring. If you're in your 30s to 40s, you're you're really thinking about, uh, you know, what kind of pension can I cash in on? And if you're just starting, you're like, what the fuck? What did I get myself into? 
and any new crop of officers are going to be it's going to there's either going to be somebody that's actually you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like okay i really want to fix the problems of my city but i don't think it's going to be a lot of them like that it's going to be pushed through recruits that aren't ready for what's going to be put in front of them well how like what's the point of having police if they can just be ordered by the mayor to not do their jobs and but we saw that with be Berkeley. The, but that's going to be the thinking they started with the most it's it's like a it's like a, when you try to make a deal a negotiation with somebody mm-hmm. you go with the most extreme thing first so what was it it was abolish the police or defund the police right mm-hmm. but they don't need to do that all they need to do is demoralize and hamper them so much that they become ineffective to people ask the question, why do we even need them? Why do we want them if they can't handle the problems? Shouldn't we send the, quote, National Guard in? Let's just send the military in. People will start clamoring for that. People will start clamoring. They will. What really pisses me off out of all of this is nobody has voiced the the notion that, hey, if we're going to abolish the police, can we get can we pay less in taxes if we're not if we're going to have to hire our own private military groups to protect us now? Can't we can we pay less taxes because our taxes aren't going to that now? And of course, that's a laugh. That's not going to fucking happen. But no one's even thought about mentioning that. Well, what about these extra tax dollars now that they're not going to the police? Can they go back to the people? Maybe fat fucking chance. I know, but worthy. Well, they're going to have a they're going to have a bunch of unelected um, social advocates and all these other groups that aren't police in any form. Um, And they're not going to be on the ground uh, doing arrests or anything. This is more of an after the fact thing of they think they can help these people. It's a really fucked up system that we're going to get into, but it leads to uh, occupation by military forces in cities. That has to be the end game. And, And they're starting in Democrat cities right now. And people can cheer that on if they want to. But once there's, um, say, say a militia wants to take on Black Lives Matter, they will start occupying other cities. They will be in conservative cities until they're in every city like they do in every other country around the world. How we occupy Afghanistan for 19 years, how we occupy Iraq, how we occupy. We're still in fucking Germany. They will occupy the United States like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame because they're, it seems either by design or so incredibly short-sighted that they're they shouldn't be in charge at all but it's going to propel a series of events that are just going to make things work none of this makes things better it's just appealing to like it's appealing to the the mindless masses to the to the mindless majority that that are unreasonable to begin with that you're never going to make happy so it's either by design and it was intended to sow more chaos which seems to be more likely or they're just so fucking incompetent that they're they'll run with the first thing they hear to try to appease people in either case they shouldn't be in charge now i will say there are still people that believe in this country I, we're going to get into this later, how I, I you know, that, that is not really a country. It's a corporation. But there's still people that believe in the fundamental values of the original organic constitution of 1776. There are people that believe that we can get back to a freedom. And there are actual, I hate using, I don't want to use the word patriots, but there's American citizens that believe in an actual freedom, not handed to them by men. And I'm not going to get religious. You don't have to believe that your, your inalienable freedom is given to you by God. If you want to, you know, I respect that. But 
whatever you think you get your freedom from. You don't get it from other men that wrote it on paper. You get it just being born into this world. There's still people that believe in that freedom and will fight back. So, But military forces will be too powerful, I think, for the dwindling amount of those people that are left. Because the ones that are left are being thoroughly de- demoralized. And, and there's so many agendas at play. And I think we're going to cover another topic and then kind of really break this down. But uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of different people grabbing for power because they're seeing a weakness of the United States right now. Uh, a lot of people out of work, a push of a pandemic, uh, a lot of businesses are going to be lost. Um, hyperinflation, devalue of the dollar is coming. So a lot of people can see an opportunity. The, um, the elites that want to take over. You can call them a Zionist agenda. You can call it a Luciferian agenda. You can call it a new world order, whatever you want to call it, whatever your term that you like to use is the forces that want to take it and make it a, a global one world government see their chance right now in the United States because for it to happen, the United States has to go. Yeah, uh, we're gearing up for the big move, I feel like. The thing they've been trying to do for decades and decades with the uh, technology being what it is. Centuries. Uh, yeah, probably closer to centuries, yeah. Um, this is what they're gearing towards, and I don't think it'll come in the next 10 years, but definitely within the next 20, I think. It's just... they're. I asked everybody earlier, what, what, who sees this situation getting better? <laughs> who, it's been escalating for the last, if you, if, if you just want to put a, uh, a four year window on it, since the, since the uh, selection of Trump and the division that he causes by, uh, throwing gasoline on the fires that are, are started at Trader Joe's by Black Lives Matter members, he's there to throw gasoline on a division that is all time high. Who sees this de-escalating at any time soon? I do not see that. I, I see this ramping up more and more. And I don't want to be doom and gloom for everybody, but it's just it, it's just in, in your face that it's going to get worse. I can't even think, if I was in charge right now and I could do things all myself, I can't even imagine what could, what could help get us in the direction of a better timeline. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we're so beyond trying to fix things that I, I don't know that it can be done. So anyway, uh, any concluding thoughts on that before we move over to the MAGA contact tracing app? Nah, I want to do the contact tracing app, and then we're gonna we'll go deep. We'll go we'll go deep when we uh, uh, when we get into the last topic. But this contact tracing app is is really interesting. Yeah, yet another Trump app that seems. You know, it's almost so you couldn't be more obvious that this was a fucking honeypot, in my personal opinion, trying to attract the people that typically don't wear masks in order to uh, build an algorithm based around those parameters. Like, oh, these people typically don't wear masks and this is how often they they associate with one another. That's how it comes off to me. Uh, So, yeah, a P2P mobile app developed by a Ukrainian military veteran and funded by an American hedge fund magnate and close associate of Cambridge Analytica backer Robert Mercer has been rebranded and repurposed to serve as a contract contact tracing tool in the fight against uh, the beer flu and uh, public safety emergencies such as hurricanes and other natural disasters. Uh, so I haven't heard about this app at all until earlier today when uh, Davey sent me the link. So uh, why don't you give us your thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, so what you have here is something they set up in 2016 to rile up... Uh, uh, the Trump base, a MAGA app, a campaign app called uh, You Campaign, uh, and basically it, it, it's developed by a military veteran. It's funded 
by these hedge fund magnets and these people are associates. If you guys remember the uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal that uh, was around Facebook, with that, which is a lot of data mining, mm-hmm. uh, these are these are uh, hedge fund man, uh, magnates that, that that are connected with these kind of people, uh, people like Robert Mercer, if you're familiar with that name. But mm-hmm. so they take this app that has, you know, it, a lot of people on it. Let's just put it that way. Just think of uh, the amount of people that would be involved in an app for Donald Trump's run for presidency. So he when he was using the Internet and social media as his base, he puts out this app. It's called Through You Campaign. And then they rebrand it. Just rebrand it really quick. And now it's going to serve as a contact tool in the fight against COVID-19. And what contact tracing does, it's it's what gives you these inflated numbers. Um, If you guys remember, you can take contact tracing courses and basically be one of these tracers within a month. Um, and you're screening people, you're calling people, you're asking them who they're with on a daily basis. Now, these apps are using different technologies. They're going through your data. A contact tracer uh, personally calls you. This app was changed from you campaign that was built in 2016 for Donald Trump's presidency. Um, it, this was bigger than any of Clinton's apps that were put out. Anybody else that came around, uh, Barack had an app at one point. But So this was in 2016. But then in 2017, uh, a messaging app used by uh, Bernie Sanders that was developed for Obama uh they decided to retool that and apply it, uh, the lessons learned for like a peer to peer communication. So like, there was like, okay, let's just turn this app into like kind of a messaging app. So it, it goes through all, all these rebrandings and rebrandings till it finally gets its final form of a COVID tra- tracking app. Um, and it has like 12,000 of these public safety agencies that can sift through everybody's information for tracing efforts. So anybody that got into this app or anybody that used this app and put it on their phone, uh, your data is now mined and they have all your information. Am I safe though? That's, you know, will I, do I test negative now? Am I, am I safe? Um, I- as long as you take the vaccine, you're going to be good, okay, dude. Good. I was worried. You'll be, you'll be allowed. You'll be allowed to work. They'll give you like a nice little package of food. Prince Andrew will send you some Dominoes. Everything's going to be sweet, man. Uh, you know, if I get free Dominoes out of it, I mean, maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I might take the free fucking vaccine, the fucking Acme vaccine with Gates' fucking face on the package. Uh, this is fucking wild, though, uh, because this is the type of thing I worry about hearing. You know, you hear about these apps that are used to bring people in, and then they they'll just all of a sudden, hey, we decided to use this app for different means. These these permissions that you gave us for looking into your contacts, looking into your phones data well now we're going to use that to compile data for for the reasons of documenting beer flu just it's it screams fucking uh red flag not maybe red flag isn't the right word to use but you know what i mean it's very shady so i i don't have a take that isn't immediately obvious i mean you almost foreshadowed this you almost foreshadowed this in the beginning with bringing up the uh candid app yeah yeah because that's Uh, what it looks like the show It, it, it it it's it's just duping people. Hey, we got this cool thing. It, it's it's like it's almost like any app that comes out now. You have to just be careful. Uh, it, what does the app say on its face value? What does it actually say in its fine print? And what is this app actually doing? You, you, mm-hmm. you see it all the time now because people will just download anything on their phones now. Oh well, it seems approved. It's in the Play Store. Must be fine. 
these things aren't protected. You're not protected. There's many ways to get your data, but to rope you in through a campaign to four years later during the same president's reign to turn that into an app to trace you for this fucking disease that seems to be set up to take total control of the world. Uh, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean... All I can think about is candid. This just reminds me of, hey, let's pitch something to an audience and then use that information we gathered for ulterior pro uh, purposes. Just, uh, this isn't good. Isn't good. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what else to uh, say on that because that was more something you brought up and I haven't heard about it. So I'm kind of in the dark in regards to the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, let people know that they're they're using many different angles to uh, keep close contact on you, and this is how they the major point of it. This is how they inflate numbers when you hear things like a hundred thousand new cases. Mm -hmm. It's all off of this contact tracing. So your phone pinged off of another phone that pinged off of another phone of somebody that might have been around somebody that may have had this hoax of a disease. Yeah. So they can get like five out of one. They can get 10 out of one. And that's how they inflate these numbers so huge. Oh my God, the biggest cases in one day in history. It's like, but did you, you didn't test all those people. So how do you, where did you get these numbers? Yeah. And myself, I've been working, I mentioned it a couple times on, on the show, uh, working on an app for the channel or for the show. And it's pretty much done, but I'm at the point of, okay, what do I have to work? Like, are there any security vulnerabilities? Because I don't want to release something. And then immediately somebody goes, hey, by the way, there's this huge flaw in, in this, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not an expert on this. So I've been trying to figure things out and it's really tricky trying to like suss these uh these types of things out like i want to make sure that if you guys download an app that somebody isn't in a fucking room halfway around the world mining your phone's data so it is tricky but uh from there i think we could move on to portland in fact i might just put portland in the as the title i mean I, it needs no introduction uh are there any last thoughts you had on this topic david no i'm, I'm kind of zoned in for uh what are you showing a clip of portland yeah we'll bring up the uh, clip first yeah things are popping off once again and still nobody's there with a drone with a fucking speaker reading uh racist super yeah i'm kind of amped and i think what we're gonna do i think what we're gonna do is uh I, i'm just gonna kind of unload kind of just a little historical background of the of what the constitution is what america is how we got to this point uh what domestic terrorism is and we'll uh all right, so the audio is off on this clip because I figured they're just going to be in hollering. I'm saying that because they're multicultural, not because some of them are black. Just for the record. The march to the federal courthouse begins, and the yeah, that guy's shifts. got some moves. The fence I mean, the if they spent more time dancing, we would all be having a better time. A stark dividing line between two radically different worldviews. Associated Press journalists spent the weekend both outside and inside the courthouse, documenting the chaotic fight that has become a centerpiece of the protest movement gripping America. Over two nights, thousands of demonstrators outside and dozens of federal agents hunkered down inside to reverse the same hours of mayhem just feet apart from each other. But their experience couldn't be more different. To the protesters, the men inside are at best political minions, at worst murderous henchmen. <laughs> Using chemical warfare on civilians is anything but protecting and serving, which is what they're supposed to be doing. 
But to the agents, the demonstrators each night are violent anarchists bent on hurting or even killing federal agents just trying to do their job. There are individuals within the crowd who are agitators, uh, anarchists, individuals who aren't here protesting um, what happened to Mr. Floyd or the push for racial justice. They are just here uh, to attack law enforcement. The chaos in Portland spread this weekend to other cities as the nation reels amid divisions and a pandemic. When federal agents in Portland finally left the courthouse, they came in force. People scattered as tear gas choked the air. With the battle finally over, agents and demonstrators gathered their things and left to get some sleep. By nightfall, both will be back. Christopher Fourier, Associated Press. Alright. Well, I wanted to point out that this guy's fucking name Some here. Are at best political minions, at worst, what? murderous henchmen. What's playing? It didn't show in my I'm like, what the hell is still playing? Uh, there is a guy's name who had with two first fucking names to point this shit out. Chat, never trust somebody with two first fucking names. The guy's name was William Williamson. Quote. That yeah, but it's true. I heard it when grow when I was growing up, so it must be true. <laughs> Billy oh, Williams. Dude. This guy's name is William Williams. Don't trust this fucking guy. This this dude's a rat. I could I could tell you. Believe me, trust me. Yeah, U.S. Attorney for Oregon. So he, he's part he, he's part of the people pu pushing this shit. Oh, for sure. So I mean. I mean, the main point of that is we're seeing military police sent to Portland, sent to Chicago, and being talked about sending to other cities, right? And, and, and what we're seeing is because the police forces in those cities, like we talked about with Seattle, of them not being allowed to do anything, that people want the National Guard to step in. They'll, you'll hear, you'll see tweets all day to tell Trump, hey, bring the National Guard in. Why hasn't he brought the National Guard in yet? Well, now you're going to see military police. And again, for these people that are burning, looting, shooting, punching elderly people, cracking windows, there should be police forces in every city that are already experienced, trained, and ready to go to arrest these people. But they're not allowed to. So now they're sending military agents in. So can I can I kind of just go on a, a little rampage here of just kind of like a, kind of a historical how sir, we get to the situation, sir? The floor is yours. I'll even mute myself. All right. So no, no, to go that far. Okay. Basically, I want to go back to like how we talked about. There's a few people left that that believe in the original constitution. Now, this was created in 1776, obviously July 4th. If that's the history we want to believe and that's what they told us, sure. Okay, it started in 1776. Now, this was the Constitution for the United States of America. And we were basically free, and I'm not going to go sovereign citizen on you, but we were free and sovereign, which means we were independent and we could basically be, be free, be american citizens we weren't property of the united states we weren't anything like that this changed in about 90 years we had this in 1871 they, they, they passed something called the organic act of 1871 this changed the constitution for the united states of america to the constitution of the united states of america so basically the congress and the people that were in charge realized that the country's fucking broke like after like 85 years, we're broke. We don't have any money. So what do we do? We'll call them international bankers. In those days, these are the Rothschilds. You guys know all the bankers. You know, you know who we're talking about. So right off the bat, we get all this debt to the bankers. Then the bankers are not going to lend our country all this money without stip a bunch of stipulations. So they, they basically devise a way of taking back control of the United States. So the original getting away from uh you know uh british 
kings and getting our own freedom and 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 taking the united states for uh sorry the united states for america we go back to the united states of america all capital letters and they pass this 1871 act no constitutional authority to do so so when they did this this is when congress created a separate form of government so this is basically two constitutions you have the one that you think is real that has the bill of rights and your amendments and oh yeah you're you're a free citizen you have your second amendment you have free speech we've seen that they've shredded that over time they've shredded in 1871 and when they did this they create the district of columbia so with this act of 1871 the district of columbia is its own 10 square miles in washington it has its own flag it has its own independent constitution it does not abide by any laws that have to do with what you think the united states is now if you know what the flag of the district of columbia looks like it's three red stars and they represent washington dc london and the vatican and basically how they break this down and things have changed over time because of technology and how the world works but basically they had london as the the corporate center of this thing washington military and the vatican controls all of this under the guise of spiritual guidance now the economic thing this is kind of run through zionist banks now but london still has a, a strong rothschild population as well so you go through that and then kind of through the 19, early 1900s, uh, under President, <clears throat> excuse me, under President Woodrow Wilson, uh, there, there's, there's a famous quote, and this was a guy that his name was Colonel Edward Mandel House. He predicted what they always call them banksters, guys, but we know who they're talking about. And he said, and he stated in a private meeting with Woodrow Wilson, very soon, every American will be required to register their biological property. That's you, that's you and your children. In a national system, this is a 1911 guy, or 1913 guys, you will need to register your biological property into a national system designed to keep track of people that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as a charge back for our fiat paper currency. Again, it all goes back to this debt we incurred 1871. Now, a few great men over time have tried to expose these plots of taking control of our country, which is what they're trying to do now by having the military occupy everything. One of these men was John F. Kennedy. He said, there's a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child. He said, before he leaves this high office, he intends to expose this plot. Seven days later, they shot him in the head on national TV. Now, I'd like to kind of fast forward to the 90s. I'm going to send you a clip in uh, our DMs, and uh, if you could play for this, yeah, that'd be that'd be perfect. And this will get into because who's sending the the military police out to each state is the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Homeland Security was created uh, right after 9/11, along with the Patriot Act. It was the Patriot Act and the Department of Homeland Security. So I want you to see Joe Biden uh, speaking in maybe 2000, somewhere around there. Going. We're opposed to it. 
right after 1994, and you can ask the Attorney General because I got a call when he introduced the Patriot Act. He said, Joe, I'm introducing the act basically as you wrote it in 1994. It was defeated then, not by any liberal. It was defeated then by the folks who worried that we'd have the Minutemen would get in trouble, by the Mr. Bars of the world who were worried about the right wing, not anything else. So just, that has nothing to do with you all, but just to set the record straight, almost the same thing that got passed, the Patriot Act, was introduced by me in 1994, and it was the right wing that defeated it. You guys tried to help get it passed, including um, the wiretap changes and the rest. So Good, because we have a vote on it. I wouldn't know. I'll play the uh, so, beginning again for those that missed it because the, they had the audio down to like half on their end. The House of well, Representatives and the Republican House. And that civil it. libertarians were opposed to it right after 1994. And you can ask the Attorney General this because I got a call when he introduced the Patriot Act. He said, Joe, I'm introducing the act basically as you wrote it in 1994. It was defeated then, not by any liberals. It was defeated then by the folks who worried that we'd have the Minutemen would get in trouble, by the Mr. Bars of the world who were worried about the right wing not anything else. So just, that has nothing to do with you all, but just to set the record straight, almost the same thing that got passed, the Patriot Act, was introduced by me in 1994, and it was the right wing that defeated it. You guys tried to help get it passed. More red versus blue. Oh, look at that. It's a familiar face. Is that dirty fucking cop Robert Mueller right there front and center? Dirty fucking cop Robert Mueller. Look at that. Wouldn't you know it? These people just infest things. So what this was, what he's talking about when he says he wrote the Patriot Act, someone maybe wrote this for him. I don't know. But what he's talking about was they wrote this bill before they... Uh, implemented the false flag of the OKC bombing. And then they came out with this bill called the Ominism Counterterrorism Act of 1995. And it basically has an outline for what the Patriot Act would be, where it's all about domestic terrorism. You're just, you, you can, anything you want to do to somebody you call a domestic terrorist, this means you're not going through any courts. Like we're seeing in cities where they're taking people in unmarked vehicles. Uh, you don't know where these people are going. You don't know what's happening to them. You don't need to have subpoenas. You don't need to have warrants. If it's under this guise of they're a domestic terrorist, and they can call anybody they want and label anyone they want a domestic terrorist. And I would watch, if you're white, I would especially watch out for that label uh, in our times right now. Uh, so he pushes this bill through. Uh, they write it before the OKC bombing. They run the false flag of the OKC bombing with uh, Timothy McVeigh being just a, a patsy in the whole situation. And then they push this bill in 1995 with uh, Bill Clinton. So then we'll fast forward to 2001. We have the ritual. We have the, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, the, one of the worst days in American history. We have we have September 11th. We know who's behind it. This is uh, an, an, an Israeli uh, along with some really shady fucking people in the United States. Uh, they, 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 they take down the towers in 2001 and then they come quickly 45 days after with the Patriot Act, which, uh, again, allows them to do whatever they want to domestic terrorists in the United States. They can arrest you at any time. They need no reasons. They don't need to, there's no, you're not going to be getting any Freedom of Information Acts to find out what happened. But then they also passed 
the Department of Homeland Security Act. This created the Department of Homeland Security. Now, that's important right now because the Department of Homeland Security is the group that's behind sending the military forces into the cities to control the protests, the riots, the looting. So th- there's a history to everything. Now, uh, when they when they passed the Patriot Act, the act cuts back on any checks and balances that the constitution had anything that the bill of rights protects it gives basically sweeping powers to detain uh and the detention and surveillance of any citizen in the united states uh it gives the secretary of state the authority to uh, designate any group foreign or domestic as a terrorist organization flat out an authority that is not subject to review This doesn't have to go through any channels. It creates a broad new crime called domestic terrorism, which is defined in a uh, section, basically activities that involves acts of dangerous to that uh, involves acts dangerous to human life. That's all they have to say. And they can label you a domestic terrorist. So 10 years from now, there will be people out there burning down the cities and the police will be stand or police. The military police will very, this is my, my vision of the future based on what we're looking at. Uh, they'll, they'll sit there and stand as they burn down the fucking town, but they go, Hey, Hey, you, aren't you that guy that said something racist on the internet? Well, you are officially an enemy combatant, sir. You are a domestic terrorist. We got to take you away and no, no fucking phone call for you. No, uh, no rights. You're, you're a domestic terrorist. Oh, that guy over there that's burning down the fucking, uh, the local, the local department store. Well, that guy's peacefully demonstrating, sir. They're, they're setting yeah. it up to throw the book at everybody else, but to their little fucking brown shirts, they get to do whatever they like. They have immunity. And again, I, I'm using the word unconstitutional because it's pretty much the only term that, that's understandable. And it's very broad for everybody. But in my opinion, everybody doesn't have to agree. The Constitution is shredded. If you look into that act of 1871, it's split into two. There's a totally different. Washington, D.C. is a totally different entity. It's not the United States of America. It's not what you think it is. This is a totally unrelated group to what you think any left right paradigm that you're caught in. Uh, Like like uh, Joe Biden said in his thing where he was we were worried about the right wing, the left and the right wing push the head of the eagle forward. That's why the eagle is the the symbol for the United States. So, I mean, you're going to have activist groups come out and tell you that the actions at these protests of the federal officers are flat out unconstitutional because you you can't create you shouldn't be allowed to create uh an executive order that allows uh military police just to start occupying cities and taking out citizens with arrests that you don't know where they're going um and you can take this we're not going after from bush to clinton to obama to trump they're all puppets that just have to push some kind of piece of legislation Obama had his on New Year's Eve in 2011. President Obama signed something called the NDAA Act. This is the National Defense Authorization Act, coding, uh, basically saying indefinite military detention without a charge or trial into law for the first time in American history. The dangerous detention provisions would authorize the president and all future presidents, so the next one, Donald Trump, to order the military to pick up and indefinitely imprison people captured anywhere in the world for any reason. And he passed this in 2012. So that's President Obama's little piece to this. Uh, And that that brings us to today, man. Homeland Security created by 
after September 11th was destined to become a secret police force. And, and the court courts come out with documents and, and what they're doing in Portland right now. It's called Operation Diligent Valor. And I'll link you guys all of these links in, in the Discord for the show. Um, but the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has deployed more than 100 federal agents in Portland, Oregon, on a mission called Operation Diligent Valor to patrol government buildings and, and monuments. That's what they say they're there for. I have not seen them standing around monuments or protecting them. They're picking people up. They're capping people with rubber bullets. They're throwing pot shots at people. Do some of these people deserve it? Of course. But we do not want to get in a situation where we're cheering on federal military police occupied cities in this country this is a very slippery slope that gets us occupied by the military this gets us to a martial law situation but don't worry All though right. once we're once we're in our houses you know held here at metaphorical gunpoint uh the people who are on the right and buy into you know red versus blue they're gonna feel like they're winning you know because it owns the liberals and then the people on the left or who are thinking team blue they're gonna be happy because this owns the people on the right everyone has been so funneled into just right versus left uh not it's not even politics it's just cult mentality one tribe versus the other there's no any any sort of reasonality or reasonality reasonability or or anything that most of us would consider civil it's all about these are the good people these are the evil people here's your dichotomy pick your side and it's already pushing people into that direction and i think when when the hammer does finally drop you're gonna have a lot of people who still buy into left versus right cheering it on on both sides they're gonna be yeah this is great because it's really good for our sides you know they're they're getting rid of the communists and the other side's gonna go yeah they're getting rid of the racists and then everybody who doesn't play ball in you know and it doesn't even mean necessarily just centrists uh people who aren't dogmatic members of the right versus left paradigm uh they will be the ones that are considered wrong thinkers and heretics and you know god knows what they're gonna do yeah any 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 takeover that's gonna turn into this a one world system with a one world leader where people are clamoring for it will be because the u.s is destroyed because of all this chaos and uh you know it's either a complete military takeover and we live under that fear and communistic system or it becomes so bad that world leaders at places like the United Nations and other unelected officials get together and say, okay, we need to come up with global rules. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk quickly because we just have a few minutes. So I'll just, uh, just this week, the United Nations called on U.S. police to halt use of force against journalists and protesters. So, Well, all the protesters <laughs> are journalists. Checkmate, yeah, everybody. So. So a mounting crackdown on reporters by authorities has been seen in recent weeks. That's what they're saying. Uh, the protests must be able to continue without those participating in them and reporting on them, risking arbitrary arrest or detention. So they're, they're trying, again, to hamper U.S. police from doing it. And on the back of that, they're pushing something called the Strong Cities Network. This is coming out of the United Nations. Um, it's called the launch of the Strong Cities Network to strengthen community resilience against violent extremism. Um, mm. I can send you. I can send you a quick clip uh, with the timestamp. I'm gonna copy the thing and send it to you. It's yep. very quick. Um, the timestamp is three minutes twenty eight seconds. 28. You will hear. You will hear Loretta Lynch talk about. 
she's at the United Nations talking about this. This is this is uh, okay. I went to was already uh, three twenty eight. By connecting municipal leaders, by facilitating information sharing and providing training and other assistance where appropriate, the Strong Cities Network will help to fashion a global response to a global issue without losing sight of its inherently local roots. It will offer city leaders a way to learn from one another about successful initiatives and productive programs. By connecting these localities to one another, as this network, the Strong Cities Network is doing, we will not only have a powerful way to lift up our communities worldwide, we will send a message, a message from all of our voices about who we are and about what we aspire to be as an alliance of nations and a global community. The Strong That's Cities good. Network is a network focused on Strong supporting cities. Network. It just sounds nice on paper. You heard very quickly of you're trying to connect cities in the United States to quickly just pushing in global worldwide. So, I mean, it there. doesn't make any sense. So they just really sneak in how they make this a worldwide system. That means all laws are the same. It's a one world rule. It's a one world government with a one world leader. If anybody knows anything about that, those are the final days. Because whoever that one world leader that, that comes in, this is where it gets a little crazy, but this is usually what is people would think as the antichrist or the lat this will be the world war three this will be the end of days where the people that think they're taking over are going to have control over everybody and take out the people that aren't welcome here anymore and their highest power sits on top of the throne that's my rant for the evening cool well i got something to add to this because uh, i showed this on screen a minute ago but this is apparently the portland city commissioner look at this person <laughs> That look, take a look at this chat. This is the person in charge. Just saying, he doesn't look very healthy. This is Crypt Keeper levels. Yeah, yeah. Like this person shouldn't be telling me shit about shit. Um, yeah, I don't even. Do we have like a white pill? Do we have some good news? Like, holy shit! Everything just seems so negative these days. I I doom it. I doomed and gloomed it on the end for everybody. But uh, uh, we're just we're just Andrew's testing your resen- out- resilience. Prince Andrew's giving out pizza, but like I said, there are few Americans left that that that, that do have a strong sense. Um, and yeah, a, a good message to everybody. And I, and I said this early is just right now, while you can still buy things with the money that has some value left to it, it don't be buying stupid things that you don't need. Yeah, we're not fucking gonna be like we don't need the donations. You know, if you want to do that, that's obviously we're, we're very humbled by it. And we wouldn't, you know, we, we definitely respect it and thank you for it, but just take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of your loved ones. Have a plan for what's happening right now. Yeah. Think uh, about, think about when the vaccine is coming. Think about what's happening in these cities. Can it happen in your city? How quickly can your city pop off? Do you have protection? Are you armed? Are you prepared to, have a physical confrontation just normal things that every human being should be ready for just that's that's a positive message to end it with just be prepared yeah nothing you know, wrong with being prepared to those of you out there that don't know what to do with your future there is a, a we've got your back uh my patriot supply.com slash tim pool all of the fucking food you could fill your fridge with uh it's really the right thing to do with your money uh so remember that is my patriot supply.com slash tim pool you'll get 15 percent off your first order dude so i was watching uh a ryan long uh podcast it's called the boys cast the other night and it was the one 
after the he had his viral video and he goes he goes so many fucking uh shady people called me to to get in on the action they wanted to run ads and the only one he brought up that he thought was the most absurd he was like so this company patriot supply calls me oh nice and, and he goes he goes if i he goes listen if they show up with a fucking barrel of cash you guys are gonna hear me shilling fucking any patriot pill you know whatever but i mean he was like this was the dumbest thing i ever heard of i would he's like i'm never gonna you know like i'll take he's like i'm not against shilling a stupid ad but he's like i'm not gonna do patriot supply it's just such a stupid fucking move but it's this patriot pool pushes it. it's in the name no, i hear I hear Vincent from Red Elephants does it and he's been doing it for years and like it's not as over the top as Tim Pool does it like where it's like literally your life is going to end today if you don't get this bucket but like it's a shady fucking business. I know ROTC was fucking offered it and they were just like no, we're not going to sell food buckets dude. I just really, it was the first time I ever saw Tim Pool and thought to myself, wow, you, you're really quite skilled at pushing this shit. Like, I, and I'm not even being facetious when I say this, like, it was a, a level of, of competence in shilling that I don't see very often. Like, take Ben Shapiro, you turn on his show, and he tries to sell you, like, birch gold or something, he sounds like he doesn't want to sell it to you. He's like, birch gold, uh, it's really good, gang, you should buy birch gold. And, and like you don't believe yeah. him you you it sounds like he doesn't have faith in the product himself but at tim pool talking oh. about those food buckets man oh man i wanted to buy one ben shapiro t like telling his audience that him and his wife are like nuking up some blue apron meal like we know you're not doing that yeah no fucking way like, is this guy taking his blue apron and oh man i'm sorry honey it looks like this one's a pork chop we can't eat this tonight i, I don't yeah, see that they do have kosher options. Oh, well, that's important. <laughs> that was for, yeah. Andy said pretty good Shapiro, though. I hey, not bad. All you got to do is okay. not breathe through your nose and turn yourself up about an <laughs> octave and talk a little faster and say gang a bunch. I have heard I'm pretty nasally. Uh, you should work on your Ben Shapiro. We can open up a fucking act.